Welcome everyone, I am Michael, your host for Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will be presenting the discussion of notes explaining the depaganization of the testimony of Luke, chapters 11 and 12. The process of depaganizing the Gospels is guided by God's Holy Spirit for the purpose of removing satanic lies from the story of Jesus Christ that have been perpetrated and perpetuated by the Antichrist also known to the world as the Roman Catholic Church, which is the Church of Satan, actively worshiping the fallen Son of God. Jesus Christ was a man, a prophet. He was not the Son of God. Satan is the fallen Son of God, worshipped by Catholics. The first note is about chapter 11, verse 4, which says, Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. The teaching by Jesus is about how to pray and clearly says that God, the Father, forgives sins. The pagans who profess a theology of Holy Trinity will claim that Jesus forgives sins. But Jesus clearly is stating here that only God, the Father, forgives sins. The fraudulent claims of Catholic theology and the heretical claims of other Christian theologies that teach their own heretical variations of Catholicism are exposed in the words of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus is clearly teaching his disciples to pray to God, the Father, and ask for forgiveness because he knew he could not forgive sins. Jesus did not die as a flesh and blood sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin because that concept is paganistic. Because that concept is a central tenet in the theology of Christianity in general, the religion known as Christianity is a pagan religion, and it is not based on the true teaching of Jesus Christ. Pagan Christianity is Satanism that worships the Son of God as God's replacement by proclaiming that Jesus was God in the flesh on earth who shed his blood to forgive others of sin. None of that has ever been the message of Jesus Christ and he was not the Son of God. Christianity is a false religion, especially when based on the paganistic beliefs of Catholicism. The next note is about verse 13, which says... If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This statement about the Holy Spirit being a gift is additional evidence supporting the claim that Jesus did not and could not give to His disciples the abilities of the Holy Spirit because that came only from God the Father. The words of Jesus are clearly validating the depaganization of passages that lied about Jesus giving the gifts of the Holy Spirit to his disciples because God, the Father in heaven, gives these to those who ask him. Jesus was not God, the Father in heaven. It was not God on earth. It is also a relevant example of how pagan heretics who attempted to curse the text have failed to entirely achieve their goal because enough of the truth remains intact in these texts to prove that heretical pagans altered the text to trick people into worshiping Satan. The next note is about verse 15, which says, But some of them said, By Beelzebub, he is driving out demons. The phrase, the prince of demons, has been omitted, because it was a curse upon the text. Statements that glorified Satan were injected into the text by heretical Catholics. The omitted epithet had the purpose of worshiping Satan, by giving him a position of royalty. The pagan heretics who inserted this phrase were satanic idol worshippers, and these praise words for Satan were curses upon the text. Praise only be to God Almighty, 
The Holy Spirit is God supreme. The next note explains the admissions of verses 27 through 28. The woman shouting out a blessing for the mother of Christ is a fraudulent editorialization not appearing in any other testimony. The purpose of the omitted curse was to give praise to Mary, the mother of Christ, and it was a pagan effort to insinuate this in support of Catholic doctrine, which worships Mary as the Blessed Virgin, while also blaspheming God in the process. The fabricated response of Jesus is also anachronously inaccurate because Jesus would have referred to his ministry as the good news or the eternal truth. Calling all of this the word of God came much later in time, and it was pagan heretics who made that fraudulent determination. Their ignorance abounds in these examples as overt and obvious evidence of the paganistic and heretical alterations to what should have been the word of God. However, they have made it a mockery of God and an insult overall. The next note is about verse 30, which says, For as Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. The reference to Jonah who was in the belly of a whale for three days is not an example of pagan editorialization. Jesus could have referred to the event, and this passage has him saying Son of Man, which is acceptable. The reference stands as one event that may have originally appeared in Matthew's testimony and plagiarized in Luke's to give this testimony the similitude of veracity. These small bits of truth spread throughout all the lie that Luke's testimony actually is does not enable complete acceptance of the entire testimony. A lie sprinkled with bits of truth is still a lie overall. The next note explains the mission of verses 31 through 32. The Queen of the South passage was a fraudulent editorialization that erroneously insinuated Christ exalted himself. It has been plagiarized from the other testimonies and omitted from this one for being fraudulent. The relevance of a reference to Jonah's three days in the belly of a whale is acceptable, but the heretical addition of statements suggesting Christ exalted himself are apparently false additions made by a pagan or heretic. Jesus did not exalt himself as the pagan heretics implied by these fraudulent editorializations. The next note is about the omission of verse 35. The sentence, See to it then that the light within you is not darkness, has been omitted for being an example of the curse of faulty logic and contradiction. Light is not darkness, and Jesus was prodigiously intelligent. It was a pagan addition to the text, and it proves a truly ignorant person was conducting the editorialization. There is no light in darkness, and there is not darkness in the light. The curse has also the purpose of insinuating that Satan, who is darkness, exists in the light. The subtle evidences of satanic curses are in line, such as this one being omitted as directed by the Holy Spirit. The next note explains an admission from verse 40, which now says, Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? The statement, you foolish people, has been omitted for being a contradiction of Christ's teachings. Jesus taught not to call others insulting names and especially not fool. He would not have made this statement in contradiction of his own teachings. It has been heretics and Satanists who have injected these lines that portray Jesus as cursing or name-calling in order to show a contradiction in the teaching of Jesus. The Antichrist has done this throughout the testimonies in an effort to discredit Jesus and blaspheme God. The next note explains the mission of 41. The statement, but give what is inside the dish to the poor and everything will be clean for you, has been omitted because it is another one of the fraudulent editorializations identified by the use of the coordinating conjunction. This pattern has been identified in previous notes, and this statement is another example of the curses created by this fraudulent editor who falsely quoted Jesus. The next note is about chapter 12, verse 5. 
the statement, but I will show you whom you should fear, fear him who, after the killing of the body, has power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him, has been omitted as another example of fraud attributed to being said by Jesus. The pattern of using the coordinating conjunction gives this one away. And it is another example of the pagan heretics attempting to cause fear in the minds of the readers or listeners. The ministry of Jesus was not about causing fear in people. He did not teach people to be afraid. The good news is about the forgiveness of sin and the gift of everlasting life. There's nothing fearful about that message. It was a satanic cult known as the Knights Templar who were responsible for creating this blasphemous testimony with the purpose of spreading fear and confusion in support of fraudulent Catholic doctrine. They were murderers who blasphemed the Holy Spirit. The next note in chapter 12 is about verse 8, which now says, I tell you, whoever acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge him before God and the angels in heaven. The correction appropriately distinguishes the difference between angels of God and angels in heaven. The fallen angels were also angels of God, but the curse in this case was to insinuate that anyone who accepted the paganized version of this testimony was known to those angels of God who were not in heaven. On Judgment Day, Jesus will be the advocate for those who accepted God's eternal truth, and he will testify before God and the angels in heaven for those who repent of their sins, accept the Holy Spirit, and proclaim God's eternal truth to others. Among the Dead Sea Scrolls was a fragment that says that fallen angels will be freed by Melchizedek on Judgment Day because of the sins of mankind. The pagan cult that created these false testimonies had the purpose of misleading all of humanity to blaspheme God with the Holy Trinity theology and virgin birth lie. The effort has been a matter of discrediting God to have impregnated a human female the same as the angels who violated God's commandment. By tricking mankind into believing God committed this same crime, Melchizedek will attempt to claim prima facie evidence against God to secure a pardon for the fallen angels. The depaganization of these testimonies, the prophecy of God's eternal truth, and the testimony of the Archangel Michael are the prosecutorial evidences that will exonerate God and Jesus Christ, who was not guilty of being an illegitimate child. This information is in 11Q13, but the scroll fragment has not been given proper consideration for what it says until now. This information is being provided to the defendants in the interest of discovery, as is appropriate in a court of law. Get ready for Judgment Day. The next note is about verse 10, which says, And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. This statement by Christ is the most truthful and significant message within this testimony because Christ will forgive those who blaspheme Him for being mistakenly corrupted by the Antichrist and insulted by these fraudulent insinuations of His character. The fraudulent details that were in this text have misled mankind to have misunderstanding about Jesus and his message. And people will be forgiven for having mistakenly believed those lies. However, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit may never be forgiven. Those who reject the corrections being made in this deep paganization as directed by the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven of that crime. Repentance of all sin and acceptance of the Holy Spirit prior to Judgment Day is a requirement for salvation. Rejection of this message from the Holy Spirit is an unforgivable sin. Next note is about verse 12, which says, For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. This is a significant truth and a prophecy spoken by Jesus Christ. It is the Holy Spirit who gives these words to be spoken and written here in the depaganization of these testimonies. The prophetic words of Jesus Christ in this verse also prove that those who proclaim biblical inerrancy are false prophets. The Bible is just a writing on paper, and the Holy Spirit is God, who will teach His word to men in their hearts and minds. 
All who repent of those biblical inerrancy sins and accept the truth of how the Holy Spirit is the true word of God will know the truth, the life, and the way. The New Testament is not the word of God, and the Holy Spirit is God's eternal truth. The next note is about the omission of verses 13 through 15. The omitted passage does not appear in any other testimony, and it is clearly a fraudulent editorialization. The statement attributed to Jesus is sarcastic and is contrary to the truth of Christ's purpose to be our advocate on Judgment Day. The satanic cult that created this text also knew that Christ has the purpose to represent the faithful among mankind on Judgment Day. And this paganized inject had the purpose to mislead others about this truth. Jesus has been appointed our advocate, and he will be our judge because he will not proclaim God's forgiveness for those who will not repent and accept the Holy Spirit. Depaganizing the text has the purpose of removing these curses of fraud. The next note is about verse 20, which says, But God said to him, This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? The admitted expression, You fool! is most definitely not something God says. And Jesus taught against calling anyone a fool. The purpose of this removed curse has been to insinuate that God is a hypocrite as a testimony against God. The insinuation is aligned with the denial that God punished his sons for violating his commandments, prohibiting them from procreating to have offspring of their own while God did this to have a son of his own on earth. Contradictions are curses in the testimonies created by pagan heretics. Indeed, paganizing the testimonies removes those curses of fraud and blasphemy. The next note is about verse 40, which says, You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at any hour when you do not expect him. The entire passage beginning from verse 22 is truthfully the words of Jesus Christ. This passage does not appear in any other testimony, but it is most likely from materials that were not included in Matthew's testimony. It is evidence that parts of Luke's testimony are actually taken from the true testimonies of either Matthew or the original testimony of John. The present testimony of John was not written by the Apostle John. All of what Jesus says in this passage about being ready is the message for all of mankind right now. Be ready. Repent of your sin in full baptism and receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that your lamp is full and you are ready for the second coming of Christ. The next note is the last one for this episode. This passage from verses 45 to 59 is obviously plagiarized from one of the other testimonies. And this is an example of how heretics attempted to create validity for the otherwise fraudulent testimony by plagiarizing parts of other testimonies and copying them into this one. The passage is a completely truthful telling of the message spoken by Jesus Christ, but it is being identified as not being the original work of the pagan heretic named Luke. The inclusion of this passage in the testimony is the work of a Catholic heretic who copied the text during the Middle Ages when plagiarism was not considered wrong. It is wrong, especially in a text that is supposed to be the Word of God. The actions of those heretics only made these documents unable to be considered as the Word of God. They are the fraudulent writings of heretics and pagans. Well, that is all for this episode. Be sure to subscribe for notifications. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.